Section 20 of Mrs. Diamond. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Ruhi Huck. Mrs. Diamond by Anne Isabella Thackeray Ritchie. Book 2, Chapter 12. A Welcome. Along with that uprising dew, tears glistened in my eyes, though few, to hail a dawning quite as new, to me as time, Thomas Hood. Before Susie had been a year at Tarndale, she had the happiness of welcoming her mother to her new home. The colonel kept his promise, and not only the little boys, but Mrs. Marney came over for the summer holidays. Needless to say that it was all the colonel's doing and that it was not without some previous correspondence with Mr. Marney, who, in return for a cheque duly received, sent off a model and irreproachable letter to announce his family's departure, by a Havre, not by Boulogne, as the Liberal Colonel had arranged for, and also to consult with the Colonel about the little boy's future education. Mr. Marney wrote that Dermy had a fancy, so his mother declared, at least, for being a doctor. Charter House has been suggested, says the correspondence in his free, dashing handwriting. I do not know if you have heard of my late appointment to the Daily Velocipede, and are aware that although I am not immediately able, my dear Colonel, to repay you in coin of the realm for that part of your infinite kindness to me, and mine, which can be repaid by money, yet my prospects are so good and so immediate the proprietors of my newspaper have written to me lately in very encouraging terms that i feel i am now justified in giving my boys a gentleman's education and in asking you to spare no expense in accordance with my means for any arrangements which you may think fit to make for their welfare it is everything for them both to get a good start in life i trust entirely to your judgment and experience I have been too long a vagabond and absentee myself to be au fait with the present requirements. I know it is the fashion to rail against the old-fashioned standard of education, which is certainly not without objections. And yet, to speak frankly, I must confess to you that, much abused as the time-honoured classics have been, I have found my smattering of school law stand me in good stead in my somewhat adventurous career. I am daily expecting a liberal remittance from my proprietors, and when it arrives, I will immediately post you a cheque for any extra expense you may have incurred. As for the better part of your help, it's chivalrous kindness and generous friendship that can never be repaid, not even by the grateful and lifelong affection of mine and me. Do not hesitate to keep Polly as long as your wife may require her mother's presence. I am used to shift for myself and though the place looks lonely without the old hen and her chicks it is perhaps all the better for my work and for me to be thrown on my own resources a family life as you yourself must have often found when engaged on here mr marney rather at a loss for a word had erased military and written serious matters in a precious but a most distracting privilege May your own and Susanna's present and future prospects continue to afford you all that even your kind heart should require for its complete satisfaction. And above all, remember that you are to keep my wife as long as you need her. 
i shall not run over with all my regard and admiration for your country and its institutions i do not wish for the present to set foot on english soil i can also understand my poor wife's dislike to her native land after all that we endured while we still lived in london while i compare this cheerful place the brightness of the atmosphere and the cheapness of provisions with the many difficulties we have had to struggle through before we came i feel how wisely for ourselves we acted in turning our back upon the old country the one doubt we have ever felt was on the boy's account and this doubt your most wise and opportune help has now happily solved believe me my dear colonel with deep and lasting obligation yours most faithfully michael marney mr marney's letters need not be quoted at length the colonel used to read them with some interest and a good deal of perplexity date them gravely and put them away in a packet susy shook her head when her husband once offered to show them to her one day not very long afterwards with a burst of tears she found them in a drawer and she threw the whole heap into the fire towards the end of june mrs marney smiling and excited in her french bonnet and french cut clothes and the little boys with their nose cropped heads arrived and settled down into the spare room at crowbeck joe took the little boys under his friendly wing and treated them to smiling earth to fresh air and pure water and fire too for a little rabbit shooting diversified their fishing expeditions so did long walks across the moors the two little fellows trudged after their guide prouder and happier than they had ever been in all their life before susy was very grateful to jocelyn for his kindness tempy was absorbed the marnie's coming made no difference to her one way or the other if the colonel had not been so preoccupied about his wife he must have noticed how ill tempy was looking but almost directly after mrs marnie's arrival another personage of even greater importance appeared upon the scene and a little baby girl lay in susy's happy arms this little daughter's birth brought much quiet happiness to the place the colonel used to come up and stand by the pink satin cradle with something dim in his steel gray eyes his baby away says mrs bolsover one day following close upon her brother and speaking in her deepest voice what a lovely child john what shall you call her i-i don't know says the colonel frances caroline are pleasing names i should call her little bright eyes says mrs bolsover severely look here fanny to miss bolsover who had also come up just look at this dear infant is it not a lovely child excuse me my dear car you know i am an old maid and no judge of babies says miss bolsover airily it seems a nice little creature here here hi hi and she began rattling her chatelaine in the child's eyes woke it up and made it cry to the no small indignation of the nurse pretty little thing but not good-tempered and dreadfully delicate was miss bolsover's description of her infant niece the report came round to poor susy after a time and might have frightened her if her mother had not been there to reassure her mrs bolsover's speech also came around in that mysterious way in which so many insignificant things drift by degrees susy and her mother between them determined that the baby should be called bright eyes euphrasia was to be the little daughter's name how happy susy was all this time the day seemed too short to love her baby she grudged going to sleep for fear she should dream of other things it was no less a joy to her mother to see susy so happy 
though poor mrs marney herself was far from happy she was unsettled she was anxious she was longing to be at home once more susy felt it somehow and dreaded each day to hear her mother say she was going and anxiously avoided the subject lest her fears should be confirmed madame used to write from time to time and her letters seemed to excite and disturb her friend i am not easy about mick colonel mrs marney would say in confidence to her son-in-law he is not himself well when i am away susanna suffered for her mother silently guessing at her anxiety but not liking to ask too many questions she was also vexed by miss bolsover's treatment of mrs marney which was patronizing and irritating to an unbearable degree susy thought on the few occasions when she happened to see them together mrs marney in her single-hearted preoccupation seemed absolutely unconscious already in those days rumors of war and trouble were arising they had reached tarndale and filled mrs marney with alarm but what did emperors county families plenipotentiaries bismarck moltke generals marshals matter what were they all to her compared to one curl of her mick's auburn hair it is not so much his profession that terrifies me it is his irish blood susy which leads into trouble you english people don't understand what it is to have hot blood boiling in your veins your colonel is not like my husband i must get home susy dear now that i have seen you with your darling babe in your arms was it possible that mrs marney was more aware of miss bolsover's rudeness than she chose to acknowledge one day before susanna was down when several of the neighbors were present calling on the colonel susanna's mother in her black dress had come by chance into the room followed by the two noisy little boys and carrying that little sleepy bundle of a phrasey in her arms miss bolsover irritated of her presence and the baby's flannels and the comfortable untidiness of the whole proceeding began making conversation politely inquiring after susy and asking mrs marney whether she and her children were contemplating spending the whole summer at crowbank but it must be a great pleasure to my brother having your boys for so long says miss bolsover it has been a joy to me to be here and to welcome my sweet little grandchild said mrs marney hugging the baby quite naturally and if it had not been for susy wanting me and for all the kindness i've met here from the colonel i should never have kept away from paris so long a woman with a home and a husband should be at home miss bolsover it is only single ladies like you that can settle down in other people's houses i'm thankful to see my child happily established in such a warm nest of her own but dearly as i love her i want to go back somehow i seem to know by myself how sorely my poor mick is wanting me she said with a tender ring in her voice the whole sympathy of the room was with the warm-hearted woman miss bolsover was nowhere the little boys with their french cropped heads suddenly flung their arms around their mother's neck calling out that she must not go that papa must come and live here too the colonel might have preferred less noise and demonstration in the presence of the callers now then michael and dermore run away there's good boys said he and my dear mrs marney i think we will ring for the nurse and send baby upstairs to her mamma the help and comfort you have been to us all this time i leave to your own kind nature to divine as soon as susy was strong and well again and the boys had been received at their school mrs marney departed nothing could keep her and the good colonel went up to london 
to see her safely off with her french box in the guard's van and her friendly handsome face at the carriage window smiling and tearful poor mary marney what a good soul it is he thought as he stood on the platform what an extraordinary and most touching infatuation for that husband of hers good-bye god bless you colonel write and tell me all about the dear babe says mrs marney leaning eagerly forward from the carriage the colonel was already looking at his watch he was longing to get home he had only come up from a sense of duty and because he had some reason to fear that mrs marney had received some slights from other quarters for which he was anxious to make amends he looked at his watch as the train puffed off with his wife's mother at his bradshaw as soon as her white handkerchief had waved away out of the station he found that by taking the express he might get home that night by midnight instead of waiting till the morning he was too old to wait away from those he loved he told himself he longed to see susy again with little phrasie in her arms the colonel called a hansom then and there dined hurriedly at the hotel picked up his bag and drove off to euston square station End of section twenty